Hi, thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Nicole. And I'm your host, Jacqueline. You're listening to the first season of Perfectionist. In this episode, we will be discussing the second half of part two of Kingdom of Ash. More specifically, we will be going through chapters 100 through 122. These are the final chapters of Kingdom of Ash. And this is the last episode in our four-part series. And as always, this episode will be filled with spoilers as we discuss major plot points and our opinions of them. But this is by no means a substitute for reading the book. There are plenty of intricate details we won't be able to touch on. If we missed your favorite moment, please let us know in the comment section. So in the first few chapters, we are bouncing back and forth between the last two perspectives we have. So we are down to only two perspectives, which (laughs) is like... For a Sarah J. Moss, or or at least the series, only two perspectives, you're like, whoa. I guess within those two storylines, there are still like, you're hearing from a bunch of different people, but there's only two locations in which all of the different characters are in. Mm -hmm. And the first one is Aelin and her group who are still trying to make their way to Terrison. And then we have Idion and his group who are in Orinth. And they're, they're still battling in day in, day out. They're battling it out. <laughs> they really are. Oh, my gosh. Aelin's um, trek to Terrison was agonizingly slow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think she is officially crossed the borderline. Yeah. So she is in Terrison, but not yeah. where they want to be. Yeah. Oh, I found it just like agonizing it was like one of those nightmares you have where you're like trying to run Mm -hmm. but it's slow like molasses (laughs) yeah for some reason it tends to be when you're going upstairs (laughs) you're right oh my gosh like stairs to climb in dreams it's like oh oh for me it's exactly yeah yeah no just awful but they're in oakwald weren't they or they were getting to get to oakwald I think they were, yeah, traveling through the forest. I think most of Oakwald is in Terrison, but I think it does peek down into mm-hmm. other regions as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we find out that Dorian's power has also been reduced because of everything that went on with Aelin closing the word gates. Because mm-hmm. we had thought like, oh, this is all going to ride on Doria. Now he's going to have to use his crazy powers. He's been building up this whole book. But no, his powers are also diminished. And it's like, oh, no, what are they going to do? It's uh, not something I saw coming. And I was frankly pretty disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was like these, you know how it's like in video games, you say they're OP, overpowered. Mm-hmm. It's like Aitlin and Dorian had reached that point where it's like stupid power. Like, yeah. it's just too much. It becomes like they're so powered that it's like not as fun because yeah. they're just so powerful. They can just like. Yeah. What's uh, the obstacle? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I think she had to bring them down somehow so that there was still a struggle. That makes sense. Although like the books have been such a s- struggle for all these characters that you just kind of want to see them snap their fingers and it be done. <laughs> yeah. 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 
No, and I, go for it. Oh, I was also going to say, <laughs> I kind of like expected him to be like, hey guys, no problem. I'll just create some portals and we can just over to Terrison or Orinth. Mm-hmm. And uh, that didn't happen either. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I was like pro portals this whole time. I'm like, when are these portals going to happen? Like they're going to use them to get to Orinth. And no, it's like at one point they even rip out a page from the book, like they go, they keep mentioning these bloody books. And I'm like, so when are they going to come into play? So I assumed like they, that was how they were going to eventually like get to Orinth because unfortunately as they're traveling, a huge snowstorm hits. So they can't really progress anymore. They're like in Terrison, but they can't make it any farther. So I'm like, here, this is it. This is the moment. Uh, but somebody else shows up instead. Yeah. The Lord of the North and the little folks. Yeah. We love the little folks. Oh, they just come through at the worst moments every time. They're so reliable. So reliable yeah. and so humble. Yeah. So quiet. <laughs> but the so, Lord of the North, though. Oh, commanding. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, I would love to see that in a movie. Just, I think that would... Just having his presence. Well, but then the fact that they're like, hey, we're going to help you. Yeah. Help you out. And Even I was like, the trees oh. were talking to them. Yeah, that Some was sort of cool. like Lord of the Rings style. The dryads? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Like speaking to them. We shall help you. I don't yes. know what they said, but. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> but then we kind of like jump from that perspective. So we're left being like, okay, so they're getting help. We don't know what kind of help. We know they have a, a, they ripped out a page from these books that keep being brought up. But then it's like, oh, we're not going to tell you what happens yet. We're going to shift perspectives because of course. Yes. <laughs> Back to the super depressing perspective of the Battle of Orinth that has been just mm-hmm. incredibly depressing this entire time. And does not uh, let up. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. So Manon's perspective is so sad. Mm-hmm. Understandably, considering yeah. what she's lost. She's, you know, continuing to fight, but. I feel like she's like a ghost of herself. Like she's yes. going through the motions to hold up her kind of end of the fight and make sure she's doing everything she can to contribute. But there's Mm -hmm. no soul right now for her. No, not at all. She's unrecognizable as a character. Mm -hmm. Um, Understandably. Um, We learned that they've only got five days left before they're out of arrows, fire lancer powers, and all all of their scary weapons. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that, they'll just have, like, the weapons they have left, which is, like, their shields and their swords and... And it's like things that don't break down once they are out of like any kind of like the fire lancers are pretty good weapon. (laughs) Once Mm -hmm. they're out of that, it's sort of like they have to they've all just kind of accepted like we're going to die. It's over at that point. Yeah, they're just trying to like hold out. And I think there's even a conversation between Evangeline and Daro. And he's kind of like, what would you do? Mm -hmm. And she gives this like absolutely heartwarming speech about how she would have loved to live 
in Terrison and that she's always wanted a home and oh my goodness it was just oh, tear jerking yeah and she's like so we stay and we fight yeah and like oh my goodness this little girl and she's just so feisty and she's like Lysandra's heir for sure yeah in like spirit they are like yes. spirit animals yeah I actually was uh choked up by that speech she mm-hmm. gave it was so beautiful and can we just talk about Daro for a second because like he's such an ass, but at the same time, it turns out he's not really. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we should like we should have. Well, maybe you did. I'm just like less mature. But like when the way that he was behaving when we first met him, I was like, oh, he's the worst. But it's understandable though because he's been protecting and taking care of Terrison all this time, and then you have like this young, like super arrogant girl coming in and being like, let me figure it out, and he's like. You know, like it, it, it all makes sense, right? Like he's not mm-hmm. evil and he's not being a jerk to be a jerk. He truly cares about Terrison. Well, because uh, he was the late king's lover. Like they were in a, a relationship together. So when you put into context the fact that like his partner, he lost his partner and the only thing he has left of his partner is his partner's territory. So he's going to protect it with all that he has because that's his connection. I, I feel, still think that he was being too hard on her and holding too tight. Like, I understand why he was doing it, but that meeting that they had way back in Empire of Storms, like, boiled my blood. He was so unnecessarily rude because he was rude to not yeah. just her, but to everyone. Like, he was mm-hmm. insulting Lysandra and Adion for no reason. Like, that, he took it too far. But it was just, he's just this kind of crotchety old man. Mm-hmm. who's lost a lot but then of course this darling girl comes in and I think he like always wanted kids I might have mentioned something about like him and the king maybe had like never had kids of like gotten the opportunity to have kids together so it's like here comes this girl and he's never had that and she just melts his heart she did and mm-hmm. it was wonderful the way that he gave her a sense of purpose so that she wasn't just like wallowing within her fear mm-hmm I must say I felt affection towards Darrow in this section. <laughs> yeah. And he actually ends up recognizing Lysandra and her territory that she had been gifted by Aelin. So she mm-hmm. is now officially a lady of Terrison in the yeah. eyes of the the lords and ladies of Terrison. Yeah. Also uh, named Evangeline as his heir because she Lysandra was like, well, she's my heir. And he's like, well. <laughs> how about yeah. she becomes my heir and it's like yeah. wow it's kind of cool because there is a good chance that Dara will meet his end before Lysandra just because he's a lot older yeah. and Lysandra might live extra long life with her shifting I don't know if that's part of shifting but there's a potential that she could live a long time so in this way Evangeline can come become a lord uh, sorry a lady of Terrison in her own territory and not yeah. have to like wait to inherit Lysandra's portion. Yeah. So cool. She'll be one powerful lady one day. Mm-hmm. And when you think about her, where she came from and everything, like it's a really nice uh, sort of fitting conclusion for her story. Mm-hmm. So the fight continues. Um, it seems hopeless. They run out of supplies and then, finally, <laughs> finally, um, 
like just a quick little aside, the little people are like, we'll show you the way as they have, they've led them through some pretty tricky situations before. And the forest, the dryads, they, the forest, like trees, they like shield the army from the snow. And like, they all come together to like basically create a situation where the army can continue on and not be stopped by the storm. Aelin is like melting a path, I think as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they've, Aelin is, by the way, she's riding the Lord of the North. Like, yeah, how, like, how have we not, I've not seen any fan art of this. <laughs> like, I actually started trying to make some, but I didn't want to send it to you because I know you, I knew you hadn't read that section. Right. Yet. So I did make a couple like through AI art. Um, yeah. They turned out like AI art, but <laughs> weird. <laughs> some okay ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like everybody arrives and it's like, you can, you can picture it. It's like super epic because they have these horns, right? So there's mm-hmm. all of this. It was, it was, to me, it was giving Lord of the Rings where it's like, yeah. what's going on? It's like, oh! And I was imagining like, you know, that part in Lord of the Rings where Gandalf like comes over the ridge and the sun is like blinding everybody. It was yeah. like giving that oh, 100%. <laughs> for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know it was yeah. very strong symbolism to have her show up on mm-hmm. the Lord of the North because, like, it very much makes it clear that he doesn't let people ride him. Like, this isn't a thing that you can just hop on the Lord mm-hmm. of the North. Like, it is an honor that she gets to mm-hmm. kind of rest upon his back <laughs> while they yeah. go through. And he, like, actually goes into battle with her. Yeah. Oh, so cool. And also it was mentioning there's flames between his antlers. So yes. Cool. So cool. I think one thing that uh, was like really impactful about the moment that they arrived is it had been five days since we'd like kind of been in the Orinth storyline. So they are like officially out of Mm -hmm. all supplies at this point. So Aelin and Slit Kale, Dorian, the Coggins armies, they all arrive like just as the Morath armies are about to breach the city walls. So it yeah. was like that perfect timing of like, this is it. This is our last fight just to say that we fought to the end. And that's when they arrived. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, they're all officially together. Like, I think this is the first time in all of the books that every single one of the main characters is in the same place. Yeah. So cool. I was like, it's going down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But unfortunately, along with that also arrives second the second wave of Morris Army, which we knew was coming because uh, they had some some wyverns and witches still were coming from, I don't know, somewhere. And then they also had all everyone who was stationed at Paranth come. So it's like, this is it. This is absolutely everyone from both sides are on the battlefield. This is the epic showdown that we have mm-hmm. been that's been leading up the entire time. Yeah, so 20,000 more troops and the Karenqui princess hybrids, which scary. Yes. And um this is this all happens of course just as it's like, "Oh, we're finally getting the upper hand." And then it's like, "Nope. Here comes mm-hmm. more Morath." Like, yeah. I think they're like, oh, we might get some rest before we have to, like, really start the last epic battle. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And then we are um, given a super 
it's really touching, like Gavriel, how strongly he feels about like Adion and um, he's so tortured. I feel about like how he didn't know of his existence and all he cares about is making sure Adion's okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I found this really upsetting, like Gavriel essentially sacrifices himself so that they can, because the gates are um, overtaken and they need to shut them or else Morath is just going to continue, like pour into Orinth and then what, right? Mm-hmm. So Gavriel ends up like using his magic and sacrificing himself and like going outside of the gates and then the gates shut and then and I was kind of a little frustrated by this because I was like, couldn't he have just like you stayed behind the game? <laughs> like, and I well, think Adion felt that way too. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he could have just stayed. But I'm yeah. I'm assuming the implication is no, he couldn't have. Like, he needed to be out there. Yeah. Or else I would just be like, why die for no reason? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. I found that really, really sad. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was such a hard moment because it's in the middle of the battle. And with kind of the when the 12 sacrificed themselves, you got that pause afterwards. Yeah, because it's like they did. And then everyone started retreating right after. But in this case, it was no, this happens and it just keeps going. Yeah, there's no time to mourn. There's no time. Like, so Adion has to just keep on like everyone just has to keep going yeah this devastating loss happens and they have to power through Mm -hmm. yeah and i was actually surprised we didn't like because i didn't see this coming and we didn't i don't think we talked about this being like a prediction but it seems very obvious now because we talked a lot about falcon potentially sacrificing himself for lysandra so i'm surprised neither of us were like oh or maybe it could be Gavril doing it for Adion because it was the same sort of like a family member. So we were yeah. on the right track, just wrong family. Yeah. Oh, man. And then we have the ultimate baddies, Erewhon and Maeve, mm-hmm. coming in in this like shadow smoke of black, kind of like, I don't know, coming forth on the battlefield as they are walking out. And Aelin rises and literally meets them on the battlefield. Uh, she's since gotten, like, sent the Lord of the North back to safety yeah. so that he's good and in the forest and cannot be harmed. Uh, so she just walks out there on her little feet with yep. her sword, and that's all she's got. Yeah, her little <clears throat> lack of magic mm-hmm. <laughs> that she now has. But <clears throat> Aelin is so clever, and she's, she's always super clever this is the one thing that remains consistent about her is her clever mm-hmm. lens <laughs> conniving and so she's hoping like because she still has some fire power um mm-hmm. and it's so she's hoping impressive. it is it's just not nuclear like it was before yeah. um and so she's hoping to kind of like bluff her way through it like i can kill you but i just want to like talk to you first <laughs> yes oh my goodness it's so hilarious how she just uses her swagger, her, yeah. like, it just oozes Selena. It does. Like, when she's talking to them. And you're just like, this is like old school Selena being her cheeky, cheeky self. Yeah. Like putting seeds in Erewhon's head about how Maeve, like, 
was like teaming up with Dorian behind his back. And oh, it was it was actually funny to read. It was amidst all the like gory battle stuff going on. You're just like, she's just cracking jokes up in here. Aelin is, is, she's actually um, a super interesting character when you think about it, because she provides a little bit of comic relief. Mm -hmm. And yet, like, she's the main character of the whole story. And she's, yeah, it's just like, she's a really interesting character. That's true, because usually it's like the side character that does the comic relief. Yeah. But she definitely in this story is like the one who gives you a lot of chuckles. Totally. And I also feel that quite often, like when you get comic relief, it's usually male. It's usually coming from a male, like I found. And so she just defies all of those like (laughs) standards. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm the main character. I'm female and I'm hilarious. (laughs) And I can hold my own. Yeah. And all of you as well. (laughs) Yeah. She's, she's awesome. She might be my Mm -hmm. most favorite character ever in the history of my book reading life. (laughs) No, she's definitely up there. And she's hoping that the healer, specifically Irene, will take this opportunity to kind of go forth with the plan of destroying Erewhon. She never explicitly asked them to, but she's like, I I will give them space to come to the conclusion that this can be done. So Aelin, I just got to like say, like, would you have that much faith in other people? Especially for someone who, like, never trusts people with her plans. Yeah. She, like, maybe trusts so much that she feels like she doesn't need to tell them her plans. Because she's, like, doesn't tell them what she wants them to do. But just, like, assume I hope they put it together. It's like the stakes are so high. And she's, like, uh, I'll I'll let them. (laughs) I would never. I'm, like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. I would write out a step-by-step details <laughs> like do not let this happen instead consider this <laughs> like, like, strongly strongly consider. consider this in fact do it or I'll burn you alive yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess that's why she's a good queen <laughs> yeah. she's but- Maybe it's also she just, like, trusts that her relationships are strong enough because it is her, like, besties, um, Alessandra and Elide, who figure it out. So it's, like, her girls come in handy here and they're just, like, we know Aelin. We know the way she thinks. And this is probably what she wants to happen. And (laughs) I think Elide is the one who ultimately comes up with the plan. And then her and Lysandra start gathering the people they need to and I mean said plan. Kale and Irene know too, like we healers can destroy these people. And like Irene's like, I'm blessed by Silba. I am Silba's mm-hmm. heir. I have like insane healing power. <laughs> so yeah. like she she knows like she's the answer and the key and we know that too, but <laughs> Yeah, but they I think it was like Elide and Lysander who's like, it's now. This is mm-hmm. the time we do it. Yeah, for sure. And so they go and like pluck Irene from wherever she is. And Kale's like, no. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'm doing this. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you are. I guess this and is I like, like the that whole he point. accepts it. Yeah. Kale is actually awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> in case you didn't know, 
So <laughs> I will fight you on this. <laughs> I feel like it's like every episode we're like, I, I know. will fight you on this. <laughs> yeah. Not physically, but I will no. really fight you on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. He came into his own with Irene for sure. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of going on in the background. And then we go back to Aelin. She's like bickering back and forth with Maeve and Erewhon. And Erewhon's starting to get suspicious. And Maeve's trying to like come back at her. And is like, oh, you think you're a god killer, blah, 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 blah. And Aelin, in like her most truest fashion, is like, I am a god. And then just attacks. Yes. So, okay. I want to ask you a question. When she said, like, I am a god, and then she, like, goes for it, what were your thoughts? I was Other like, than, is like, she actually a god? Like, did yes. something happen with the Orkies? Thank you. Like, I was like, oh, okay, 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 yeah. So she's god. <gasps> yes, yes. I took she it didn't... literally. <laughs> me, me too. It was a bluff, but I totally took mm-hmm. it literally. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, Maeve goes uh, later in the story. Maeve uses that line. I'm like, Maeve, she's already done it. It doesn't uh, like, come work on your second l- time. You're lame now. <laughs> yeah, oh, cool. That's been done. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like she goes into that fully not like fully expecting to die in this confrontation, which is like I would say a realistic expectation for her to have of the result mm-hmm. of that confrontation, Maeve and Erwin. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, and then eventually Erwan senses Irene and realizes she's there. And like Aelin's already planted it. She's already said, I've brought the healer you tried to take down in the Southern continent. She's here for you. So when he senses her, he gets an Ilkin to take him to her so mm-hmm. that he can do what he ultimately wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so now it's just down to Maeve and Aelin. And Erewhon is now meeting Irene. Yeah, and then we we find out, like, so there's, like, all this bright healing light shining around. And he's like, ah, I'm going to get you. (laughs) I'm going to get you. (laughs) But uh, it turns out it was actually Dorian who had shifted into Irene. And then Mm -hmm. so, so then Dorian allied or lead and Lysandra they pin Erewhon down and then Irene comes to use her her magic to kill Erewhon and then she like as it seems like she's sort of like this is a lot (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then so Dorian links magic with her and then she can feel all that like raw magic like coursing through her and and she finishes Erewhon off yeah, no, it, I completely forgot about the fact that they could link magic and yeah. use each other. And I'm like, oh, that makes like almost like a more powerful message than one person being super strong. Yeah. The idea that you need to work together to get mm-hmm. the strength that you need to defeat someone. Yeah. I, for some reason, thought they hit like, um, I was like, oh, yeah. But now that we're sitting here talking about this, I thought that Aelin could only do that with Rowan because they were Karenam. That's what I thought as well when I first read it. And then I was like, oh, I guess I just assumed wrong. I guess I link powers with anybody. But maybe it's like extra special if you have that. The Karen M. Bond. The the soul link, Karen M. But just before 
uh, Erwan is completely finished off, Dorian demands that he um, tell him the name of his dad. Because Mm -hmm. part of the reason his dad could take his place is because Erwan had stole his dad's name. And Dorian never realized it because he always referred to him as dad or the king. But mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I, I have no idea who my dad, like what my dad's name is. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to, Erwan doesn't want to say, but he has Damaris inside of him, pinning him down. And I think like the power of Damaris, like, because it's the true sword, like made him reveal the answer. And his dad's name was Dorian. And, and he, like, rem- so the reason, so that's cool. But I thought how he remembered Dorian's name was so touching because mm-hmm. remember how earlier they were talking about how the King of Adderland had never given up. Yeah. And then when he first held or beheld Dorian as a baby, there was enough of him and his rebellious self left in there that that's, he remembered his name for a split second Dorian. And then that's why Dorian was named that. And it mm-hmm. was ultimately like the power of his love is helps him remember his own name yeah which i thought was was like super touching touching. yeah Mm -hmm. it's like we're getting a lot of redemption arcs from these people who we thought were kind of more evil like daro the king it's like they they're getting this like arc of like oh they truly weren't bad people Mm -hmm. they were just in a really bad situation i want to rewind a second when you like way back in the series, when the King of Adderlin was still alive, did it even occur to you we didn't know his name? No. No, me neither. It was always just the King, the King of Adderlin, the King. Like I never mm-hmm. even was like, well, what's even his name? Like, and I guess what's interesting is that nobody else questioned it either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? And maybe that was part of the like power that Erewhon kind of uh, taking the name that mm-hmm. people wouldn't even question it. Like it was just like the name was just a nothing. I agree. But like I thought that it was funny as readers that we experienced the same sort of blind spot that the rest of the kingdom did. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, probably Sarah's amazing writing that she was able to have us feel the way she wanted she wanted us to feel the way the characters were feeling. Yeah. I feel like she does that a lot in her writing where you feel as though you're really a part of the story and feeling the mm. things that the people within the story would be feeling. Yeah, totally. One other thing that I wanted to mention is there was a specific quote that I really liked, and it kind of links back to what you were saying about Dorian's dad as well. And it says, two mothers whose love for their daughters and hope for a better world was greater than any power Erewhon might wield, greater than any word key. And this reminded me instantly of Harry Potter and how his mother's love is what like kept him alive basically the entire time. Mm-hmm. And throughout her kind of defeating Erewhon, it kept mentioning these two women. And the two women they're referring to are Elide's mother and Irene's mother and mm-hmm. how their sacrifice way, way back, even before this story began, is what ultimately led to this being successful. And Mm -hmm. how was the power of their love that made this, you know, this whole war. It was was very Harry Potter core or Harry Potter coded. (laughs) Is that what you call it? (laughs) Um, But just also so incredibly beautiful. It was. Yeah. I was like, oh. I just love this series so much. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, Aelin is left fighting Maeve on her own. And Maeve is like, I always know everything that's going on. And um, so she knows she's no longer the firebringer. Like, she's mm-hmm. like, you're just full of it. Which is true. Yeah. Aelin is full of it. Yeah. But- I was wondering why Maeve didn't sense that. Because she can sense people's magic. Which is mm. why she knew Dorian was there. So I'm like, how does she not sense that Aelin's not at full power? But she did. She was just pretending. She didn't. Yeah. Holding her cards close to her chest mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the most enraging thing that has ever happened in a novel happened. <laughs> and we are back at the beginning. And Aelin is back in a sarcophagus. And everything has just been an effing dream. And I almost stopped reading the book. I was so mad. I was uh, in denial. I was like, no, it's not ending like this. I know it's not because the fandom would be so mad. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we would. (laughs) I was like, no, I'm in denial about this. This is just Maeve playing her tricks. (laughs) Like, I just totally rejected that idea. (laughs) I knew in the back of my mind it was a a trick. But then I started second guessing myself. And I was like, is she going to play us like this? Is this how it's going to go down? But I was like, in my heart, I knew it wasn't. But I was just, like, I was just too enraged to, like, yeah. rationalize. I didn't know. I just was in a complete denial thing. Like, yeah, like, even if this is the ending, it's not. <laughs> I don't accept this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It, was, it was enraging, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then we get, like, a... So Aelin realizes it's an illusion... And then the cadre shows up to help and they're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> this I found this a little confusing, but it was like, so you, you, you're given a moment where you think Aelin's dead. Yeah, well, the chapter, because it's like bouncing back and forth. Yeah. So you are like with Maeve and Irene and blah, blah, blah. They're doing that business. And then you bounce back and it just says, Aelin was dead. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you better shut your mouth. I was like, Again, I was like, nope. <laughs> nope. I reject this idea. This is not happening in this story. <laughs> I was so full of, like, just denial at this stage. So, yeah. like, did you think she had died? No, I didn't think she had died. But, like, just even the fact that she would pretend she had was just like, no, this is not acceptable. Yeah, I, I was and- like, what the F? Well, because like if she died off screen, off page, whatever you want to say, and it's just like we don't even get to see what happened. And all of a sudden it's just like, oh, there she is. And it like describes we won't because, you know, graphic, but it describes (laughs) her condition. And I'm just like, no, that's not good enough. If she's going to go down, we need to see how it happened. We need to hear her thoughts when it's going down. And it would be somehow I feel like similar to the 12, it would be a sacrificial, Mm -hmm. like, this is not George R.R. Martin, so we're not going to get, like, an epic character getting the most undignified death, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I knew it wasn't real because of that, but at the same time, I'm just like, why are you doing this to us? Yeah. Yeah. So Aelin, she uh, 
<clears throat> so the whole cadre is like Maeve is like, where I'm going to just make everybody see things that aren't real. And mm-hmm. so she's deeping, she's diving into like their deepest fears or sorrows and just uh, psychologically torturing them. Yeah, because so, she's trying to make Aelin give the blood oath again. And she's like, yeah. oh, if I torment her cadre and give them pain, then she's like, I know Aelin will take pain, but will she take watching other people take pain? Mm-hmm. So Aelin, seeing her cadre, like she can see that they're, obviously in their own heads with Maeve's illusions. So to bring them out and like draw them back to reality, she like throws flames at them and burns them. Um, And it doesn't make sense with the illusions that they're in. So it's very smart because it kind of like snaps them out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're like, why am I in pain? This has nothing to do with what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which, yeah, very, very clever, of course. Mm -hmm. So then um, all of a sudden, <laughs> we get to see the wolf tribe, the mysterious wolf tribe. We've been like, why was this mentioned? Well, it was mentioned for this part. So I wanted to ask you this question because um, I'm a little scatterbrained is just the way my mind works. <laughs> scatterbrained. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, um, so remember back when Kaol was with Irene at... Um, that oasis for Hussar with Hussar and everybody. Mm-hmm. And then they went and they found like all the old Fae stuff. Mm-hmm. You think that has something to do with the lost Fae of Terrison? Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. So because this is who the lost Fae of Terrison are is the wolf tribe. No, there's two different groups of Fae. So what goes down is a being her tricky mastermind. She has a plan. And finally, we see the portals in play. Yeah. So her and the cadre actually went out and drew word marks. Yes. On the ground near that spot and, or like all over. So at a certain point, those all open portals. Yeah. And that's, we get the wolf tribe coming through. Sorry, the wolf tribe. I misspoke. I just want to say the wolf tribe's human, but the fae, the fae were living with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So with the human who ride wolves, the wolf tribe, yeah. Uh, come the lost fae of Terrison. So those are the, the fae f- who fled Terrison when the war started. And then you also get the fae from the southern continent who fled the southern continent when okay. May was attacking. So you get two groups of lost fae and mm-hmm. the wolf people all coming through the portal because they all found each other in the mountains. Yeah. And they've also, um, I think it was also mentioned that some of the fae, like, you know, obviously fell in love with some of the wolf tribes. So we've got like half breeds too. Um, anyway, I, I loved how this all kind of came together because mm-hmm. I totally wasn't expecting the lost fae to be with the wolf tribe. No, I wasn't either. I I wasn't expecting to see any more Fae. Like, that didn't even cross my mind. I was like, just give us these darn wolf people. But then on top of it, not only yeah. one group of Fae, but two. And yeah. the cool thing about the Fae from the Southern Continent is they are healers. Because they're, they're the original Fae who um, kind of taught the humans and gave the them the gift magic. of healing. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So now we have a group of fey healers. Oh, I love how this is all tying together. Um, Yeah. I lost it at this part. Like, I was literally 
screaming, but like quietly, but I like, I was <laughs> making loud voice. <laughs> you were vocalizing. I was vocalizing <laughs> my excitement to the point where I was just like, like tossing the book on my bed. Like I was just like, I couldn't control myself. It was just so intense what was happening. And then like, I'd read a line and like, and she's like, oh, all of a sudden the portals open up and I'm like, Whoa! and like freak out and then I pick the book back up. And then through there, it tells you who comes through. And I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, I was like, that's amazing. Be, be sad. I love myself. that. Oh, I, <laughs> I, like, I oh. love that so much. <laughs> It was a good thing we didn't record like right after I read it because like my composure was just non-existent. <laughs> it's just like I lost all sense of being. It was oh, that is awesome. I love that so much. <laughs> and poor Fenris. Meanwhile, he's like continually stuck in his illusion. Like, yeah. poor, like poor Fenris. Yeah. He has been tortured so much. It's just awful. Yeah, and it was absolutely heartbreaking how Aelin was trying yeah. to reach him. Yeah, like she, so if you recall when she was in the sarcophagus um, or being tortured by Cairn and they, they when they could see each other with her mask on though, right? Mm -hmm. They had a, the blinking code, right? So to get mm -hmm. Fenris out like of the, of the, trance I guess he's in or like when she's trying to see like is he there is he there is he with us she's using the blinking code yeah. oh that choked me up so much you know mm -hmm. so she blinks four times like I'm here I'm with you right mm -hmm. and then he doesn't respond and it's like oh no but then but then he he eventually does blink back mm -hmm. yeah no it takes him a little while but he when he comes out of it, he comes out of it really strong mm -hmm. and he's kind of able to do something that he hasn't been able to do for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, but before he kind of uses that, Oh no, this is, this is the moment he, he does his, he uses his magic. And since his brother's uh, passing, he hasn't been able to wield his magic. So, which is the like portal magic. Mm -hmm. So he jumps from his position that he's in to a position where he can take down Maeve, uh, mm -hmm. sorry, Maeve. And so she's now pinned and is like being like, oh, just banish me. Just banish me. Don't, don't. I, I'll go anywhere. I'll go anywhere you want me to. And Aelin's all like, oh, you'll go anywhere. And I thought they were going to send her back to her husband. I thought Aelin yeah. was going to be like, oh, no, this is a punishment worse than, than taking your life. Just letting you go live with your husband who you have been trying to escape for thousands of years. But I thought that they couldn't because the word gates were sealed so they can't travel between realms anymore. Because there, there was also a scene where, or a, not a scene, but like some moments where we're in Aelin's head where she's actually kind of grieving the fact that the word gates are sealed because she got to see all of those worlds. And now she's like, now I will never be able to explore them. And now she knows that they're there. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that is probably why uh, she doesn't think we do find out that actually Irene is way more special than she thinks because she can't just heal things. She can also destroy things. And she in herself has enough power to create another yeah. uh, portal. So yeah. she could, or she can create the new word keys. She, yeah, the healers, 
yeah, they have that power to, yeah, heal, destroy, and do the word keys. So, like, Erewhon, I think he, like, there was way more to Irene than just her being a threat to him dying or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, technically, Irene could, but I don't think they ever want to bring that back into existence. So mm-hmm. they wouldn't. So you're you're completely right. They would never risk opening a portal to send her there. Yeah. So Aelin tells her to go to hell, which, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. for you. Yep. And then that ring that Alid had begged her to take, which we didn't really mention, but Alid begged her to take this ring, right? Yeah, right? the ring. Yeah, the Silba's yeah, ring, which Silba's is the ring, ring of Athril. It's been in play. Yeah, and it, it's now. it's poison to Valg. It's like protection against Valg possession, right? Mm-hmm. She puts that on Maeve's finger, mm-hmm. which I did not expect that. Like, no, I forgot about the ring. But like, obviously, there was a reason why there was that scene where Eli was like, "You take this ring." Yeah, and this is this because this we're is why up. this is yep. the breadcrumbs. You got to follow yep. along, pay attention. Yep. Yep. And uh, so then after that, like, just to be extra sure Maeve can't survive this uh, interaction, she beheads her and sets her on fire. <laughs> yeah, they are sure she is not. They are back. sure. Yeah. And we had kind of discussed like, oh, how is Irene going to, if these are their true forms, and how is Irene going to like remove the Valg from within the Valg? And yeah. it does turn, like, it is, like, it's an an adornment. So she can, there's still a Valg within them, even though it is their true form. So mm-hmm. she can remove the Valg or destroy the Valg soul or whatever you want to call it inside. And then the adornment just disintegrates, which mm-hmm. happened to Erwan and was happening to Maeve as the ring was on her. But mm-hmm. they just wanted to be certain. Super certain, understandable, totally understandable, <laughs> given what's happened. <laughs> yeah. And as um, we mentioned, yeah. like this is going down at the exact same time as mm-hmm. um, uh, Irene is taking out Erewhon. So they're like going down simultaneously, both Erewhon and Maeve. So right after Maeve has been completely dealt with, Erewhon has also been met, dealt with at this, like, pretty much the same time as kind of yes, how I simultaneous. Read it. Yeah, same. Yeah. And then all the Valg, all the Ilkin, all the spiders, everything that was connected to Erewhon, not just, just stop. They're yeah. just like, the like Valg portion has just ceased to exist, essentially. So this reminded me of something. Is it Vampire Diaries that this happens? Have you seen Vampire Diaries? Oh, yeah. If the sire is... If the sire, any th- anybody he's turned or yeah. has been turned with him as the original, they all fall. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the whole sire line falls. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you think of it, he's like, Air wants the sire and the sire. his entire line falls. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good connection. I, I, so they've won the war now. Erwin is dead. Maeve is dead. Um, but I just wanted to ask you like so Irene like we knew she would play an integral part to this story did you because I kind of thought (laughs) it kind of goes to the point where it's almost like what was the point of Aelin having all that power yeah I 
I think it's just like one of those things where it's like everything leads up to it. It's like you need all the pieces to fall into place. So even though Irene was ultimately the one who was able to take down Erewhon, she wouldn't have gotten that opportunity without Aelin all the way back to Assassin's Blade. Yeah. So it's almost, I almost feel like Aelin's power was almost a red herring when it comes to Erewhon because it turns out that Aelin's purpose was to actually close the word gate, not to necessarily kill Erewhon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so myself, this whole thing, I was like, she's going to have to kill Maeve with her incredible massive amounts of firepower and Erewhon. Mm-hmm. But it was actually not the purpose of her power. The pow- the purpose was to close the word, to seal the word gates so that, was his name like Orcus or something? Like just like the brothers who were mm-hmm. apparently way worse than Erewhon couldn't come through. Yeah, I really enjoyed that it, in so many elements of this story, it comes down to working together. It's not mm-hmm. about one person defeating everybody. And it, it sets you up to think that this is going to be Aelin and she's going to do everything. And she does a lot, but she can't do it without everyone else. Like mm-hmm. it, you needed every piece in order for yeah. it to work out. Yeah. And it was beautifully why, put together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the role the gods played was making sure every piece of the puzzle was in place. They right. did it for their own selfish reasons because they wanted to return home. Mm-hmm but it was necessary that everybody played their role. Yeah. Following this, the following seven chapters, like they've won the war. It's now the aftermath of the war, which I think is wonderful Mm because we really get to see where everybody ends up. Yeah. No, I really like that. It was like a decent amount of time spent on sort of what happened afterwards it's drawn out, but not in a way that makes you feel like, oh, come on, like, let's just wrap this up. Like, it was like the mm-hmm. perfect amount of time to just sit with everything that had just happened mm-hmm. and let the characters kind of feel their feelings about all that went down. Mm-hmm. Well, it was really, really nice. And then I also loved that it wasn't until the entire battle was over that Aelin actually passes through the gates of Ornth because she arrives and the battle's happening on the the plains and she just like jumps right into it. So this is her mm-hmm. first time actually passing the gates and it's like, oh, at long last she has like returned home home. Like not Terrace and home, but Ornth home. And I was just like, I'm glad that it happened after when everything was like at peace. It felt like she really earned that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, she really earned it. It was, yeah. Darrow ends up welcoming her, and it's uh, (laughs) a nice change from his previous attitude. But he actually um, had convened with convenes with all of the lords of Terrace, and they all agree to formally recognize Aelin as king, uh, queen, (laughs) queen of Terrace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that was so cute. He like is like, welcome your majesty, your majesty. Your majesty. And it's like, oh, okay. And <laughs> what's really cool is like way back at the beginning of Empire of Storms, there was this moment where um, Aelin told, whispered to Evangeline, like, win back my kingdom for me. And it's kind of like, you think it's just like the sweet moment, but <laughs> Evangeline really did. 
because she worked on, you know, Darrow's heart <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and no, got it's... through. It was so cute. And of course, like there's that callback again, like it, everything just always ties back because you do see that scene and she like leans down and whispers something, but you never find out what, and it's not forgotten. Like it's brought mm-hmm. back up again and yes. you get that answer. So awesome. I really like that at this point, they took time to mourn Gavriel because as we mentioned, like during the battle, it was like it happened and then we were moving on. And you didn't get time to sit with it. Like in all the other kind of sacrifice moments or like hard moments, I was like really, really reacted. But for some, I was like reading that scene um, when he sacrifices himself and I wasn't getting the emotional impact. I was like, this is really sad. But like at the same time, I feel like so much is going on that I can't like process this. Mm -hmm. And it's like she knew and Mm -hmm. gives that moment later on where everyone is grieving him and we're able to kind of like, that's where I started tearing up is when everyone was kind of saying their goodbyes. Yeah. I teared up both times because after his sacrifice was made, I actually put the book down and sat there for a second. Cause I was like, cause I, I kind of read past it too. And I was like, okay, it's mm-hmm. moving on. So I just like, I was like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe this just happened. And then I moved on. But then I was like very, yeah, I was also very, I want to say glad that they gave him that honor in the story. Because um, he's been with us since Era Fire, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I just thought, I just felt so bad for Adion that he never really got a chance to know his father. And his father was so, he loved him without question, right, from the moment that he knew that he existed. And I just <laughs> just wish Adion had had time to be able to explore that relationship with him. Yeah, and uh, there's two things I really love about this scene. The first is that Aelin gives him the blood oath, even though obviously he can't do the blood oath, but she still gives it to him and says, like, I want it to be known in record that he was, you know, a sworn person to me. So therefore must be buried in such a way that reflects mm-hmm. that so that he can be buried in Orinth as mm-hmm. like with honor sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I also like that because Adion's like, oh, I won't get to hear the stories. Like I, I was looking forward to hearing the stories. And then Rowan starts later on, starts to tell him all the stories. I'm getting all choked up right now. (laughs) Yeah. Oh gosh. It was so beautiful. Um, And then we get like some levity because Aelin's coronation and um, her crown is so cool. Because Darrow earlier on in Kingdom of Ash, he had shown is it Evangeline he shows Mm -hmm. this, the King's flame flower that had bloomed during his, the previous King's reign. And they had had it preserved in, um, I was imagining it like epoxy, but they said like a crystal, Mm -hmm. which sounds, you know, way more romantic. Yeah. I was like resin. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but like that's how we would do it today but (laughs) but in this book and probably magically encased in crystal somehow or some Mm -hmm. some inexplicable way to our world (laughs) um anyways and that's like the main stone in the crown 
and it's just what a fitting what a fitting stone like to have in her crown and also mm-hmm. so so powerful that Darrow is the one who gives this over because that obviously meant so much to him personally right yeah I think that shows his true acceptance of her yeah um and then the little folk kind of come and crash the coronation and give Aelin Mob's crown to like remind her like you are also our ruler and she puts it kind of like just behind the other crown um and she accepts like with honor to be yeah. their their leader as well and it's mentioned more than once like because they had said you know she's the fairy queen of the west the fairy queen of the west right so she is uh ruler of terracin but also now the fairy queen of the west mm-hmm. no and they everyone was so shocked to see them because they don't make themselves present so for them to like show up around people it was like whoa yeah, and, but then he, they like disappeared right away. <laughs> yeah, of course. He also offers eighty on the blood oath, and this is so massive because if you remember, like when Rowan had come on the scene for Karanam, was it the Karanam that Adion wanted to be? Was Karanam? I can't remember. I think um, he just or was it just a blood oath from because in their like line, their family line you were only allowed one person to give you the blood oath. That was kind of their tradition. Okay. So it was when they were younger, it was between him and Ren. So him and Ren Mm -hmm. always kind of were at battle to see which one of them would end up giving Aelin the blood oath when she was Mm -hmm. an adult. And Mm -hmm. it was ultimately decided that he would get to do that. Mm -hmm. But she was only yeah supposed to have the one person. But she's got all kinds of blood oaths, so... Whatever. (laughs) But so when she offers 80 on the blood oath in front of everybody, um, I really love how it was described that he was like shaking and it's, it means so much to him. And, Mm -hmm. and so he takes it and it's like, he finally, finally got to swear the blood oath to, or make the blood oath to Aelin. And so that's, yeah, that's huge for him. (laughs) Yeah. And in his kind of like flashy fashion, he gets to do it in front of a room full of people. Yeah. So fitting. After the coronation, Rowan and Aelin kind of go out and greet the people of Orinth. And because obviously the entire town can't fit in the coronation room or like whatever ballroom, whatever they're in. So they go out and greet everybody and say hello. And as they're going through the castle gates, it says they open at last and the roar from the gathered crowds was loud enough to rattle the stars. And that was just like such a beautiful sentence to me because way, way back in Throne of Glass, when Selena first hears about like all like comes to know about anything to do with this. Like that Elena is here and she's telling her she has this mission, but like won't tell her what it is and she has to figure it out. She tells Aelin to rattle the stars. And I just thought it was such a nice callback to that phrasing. But also I just loved that it wasn't Aelin who rattled the stars. It was the people she brought together that rattled the stars. Ugh. So beautiful. Like it just like keeps hitting you with the like work together, do this together. You need to be like But also the the tying up of so many little details. It's 
so masterful. I can't um, give enough praise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I just also want to like kind of mention before we're like continuing on with our analysis or just like letting on or just saying what happened, basically. Um, I I feel such a sense of like, I can't believe we're done. The series. It's pretty I, crazy. I'm sort of like, sad. I've like been on this journey for so long. <laughs> well, we have like since the spring. Um, well, we started reading these books in, I think, January or February. Yeah, yeah. And I've never taken my time with a series like this before. Now I'm wondering, like, should I always take this long when I read a series? Because I feel like I really got to properly appreciate everything and all the details that went on rather than just racing through. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's been a wonderful journey. It's, wow. There's such like heavy books in the sense of the information that's in them. There's so much information mm-hmm. that it is nice to actually think about them before moving on to the next one. Totally. Like, I feel like it really enhanced my um, reading experience mm-hmm. doing this. So thank you. <laughs> you thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now we're going to talk about kind of like where everyone ended up. So Nazrin is going to be an empress, which we knew, but like, okay, now she mm-hmm. can actually, she did survive. So that's great because that was never a guarantee, right? Yeah. Nazrin's going to return to Antica with Sartak and his siblings and Borte and the Rukin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all of our, and well, most of the friends from Antica are returning and... I think she's still like very much in shock that she's going to be an empress because like every time it's brought up, she's just like, "Ah, oh, stop empress. it! <laughs> Don't use that word." It's almost like she gets like shell shocked like at the word empress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think she's also like a little concerned. Like she, but like she knows Sartak, and he would never make her kind of just sit in a, you know, castle or whatever, a palace, and you know, do all the duties. Of a she, she might be a different empress than you know what Antica has seen in the past. Yeah. I uh, I love her and Sartak's story and their mm-hmm. love. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. I can imagine that in the future they will find a way that like someone else kind of holds down the fort where, while they go off and like do their Rukin thing because I feel like yeah. that's where both their heart is. But like obviously. Totally. He'll like Sartak will still be a really good ruler and she'll be great by his side and they'll put the people first and all that. But I think they'll still go on their adventures. I agree. At least that's how I picture it. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. And Borte. Oh, sad to see Borte go. Mm-hmm. Borte did not get enough Mm-mm. screen time. Like we need to know more about Borte. I don't know which like... I want a Borte novella. Yeah, of all the novellas that we've kind of like been pushing for, (laughs) (laughs) Borte's pretty high up. Yeah. Her love story seems super interesting and uh, spicy. And yeah, I would love to have Borte's love story even. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's just such an interesting character. She's so humorous. She's so feisty. Like she, I don't know, it would just be so, so 
interesting to read more about her. Mm -hmm. Totally. And Elide and Lord Can end up getting married. Yeah. The, like hilarious part about this is, and, and never put this together, but well, maybe because I didn't think he would change his last name, but because she's a lady, he would take on, I guess her father's name is how it works. So he is now Lord Lorcan Locken. I don't know if you know how to pronounce her last name. I think it's I think pronounced- Locken. Yeah. I think Locken. Okay. Yeah. Um, at least so that's that how I read it. So that is a lot of L's. <laughs> so funny. But, and and I love like, how, makes like, fun of him for it. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's like this super powerful, dark, like, he's lurking. It's He's kind of scary. <laughs> so now it's, it's so funny. And also, she's the one who proposed marriage to him. <laughs> like, it's just, Yeah. It was a super it. cute scene, the way it went down. Yeah. And yeah, it was just adorable. And then like when he realized what his name was going to be, she's like chuckling like, her, 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 that would make you Lord Lorcan, Lachlan, whatever. And then he's like, I will be that for you. And <laughs> Proudly. Only, yeah. <laughs> he just like, it, like no kind of, no, no of like, oh no, I, I can't possibly have a funny name. Like, no, he's like, for you, I would do anything. He even tells her he will give up being immortal so that they can have their life together in the end and just have like their one true life together. Yeah. (laughs) So touching. Um, I think that goes to say like how um, confident Lorcan is like, he doesn't care if he's going to be, if his name is a bit silly, he doesn't care. Ultimately all he cares about is being with a lead. So. Yes. Sorry. I keep calling her a lead. A lead. It's okay. I'll, I'll make up for (laughs) it. I'll, I'll stubbornly call her a lead. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Lysandra and Falcon finally meet, which is um, like a wonderful thing just to tie up that story because we were kind of wondering about that. Mm-hmm. And he's all like, oh, I have this fortune and I, it's for you. And she's like, I have everything I need. And just I'm like good. looks in Adian's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> just so sweet. But they end it, up like doing the merchant thing together. So mm-hmm. they're going to, I think they're going to like run the merchant side of things, which is cool. Yeah. I think they're going like, to work very together. Cool. Do their trade agreements and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And a small group of young Rukin, like like kind of new up and coming Rukin riders, they find wyvern eggs. So they ask for permission to stay behind and raise the wyverns and kind of create train a little them. fleet with them and train them. I think that's it was so cool. Really cute. Yeah, and probably wondering about Dorian and Manon. And Manon is obviously still in not a great place mentally. Um, but they do have that undeniable spark. And so she's going to fly back to the wastes, obviously, because the wastes, I feel like, are probably no longer going to be the wastes because they're now fertile. The, the curse has been lifted. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, let's talk about that for just a quick second. So we get the scene where... Um, they the crocken we find out like a, a whole bunch more crocken showed up it was just like after the fighting was done but they came as fast as they could it's just that they came from so far away they came from the wastes and they brought with them a little flower and it was basically to show like this is confirmation that 
the curse has been lifted. And then they go on to explain. And I know in our last episode, we had talked about that curse. And, and we're like, it sounds like the curse has been lifted. And so in this section, they talk about like how, yes, the curse was lifted. Then they explain like why and how. And that's something mm-hmm. we discussed in our last episode. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was cool to see the breakdown though. And we like kind of talked about our um, thoughts on why it was broken down. And I think we were um, kind of spot on with some of the things that happened. And it's like, oh yeah. yeah, we think this means this and this means this, but they explained every single line of yeah. it. Yeah. There's and, no question. Uh, well, yeah. mm-hmm. it's great. And she puts um, the one flower from the way she goes and puts it on the memorial site Mm-hmm. of the 12 which Aelin did say she would turn into a proper memorial site so that yeah, monument uh, no one would forget what yeah. happened in that spot I love that when Aelin went to go speak to Manon in the airy that um there's like this this really and this this has been something right from when they first met and they first fought there has always been this mutual understanding of one another and mm-hmm. um respect and Manon allows herself to be vulnerable and show her grief in front of Aelin and no words are needed between them for the other to understand. And I just thought that was such a nice detail. Yeah. So Dorian asks Manon to help out, like, with, because she's like, I got to go back to my king, or queendom or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's like, well, wait, like, you want to help train these wyverns? Anyway, so it's, it's, then there's like this, like, you can tell they have like that connection, mm-hmm. that spark between them. And uh, she's basically like, we'll see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And Irene and Dory, or Irene and Kale happen to be standing there when this exchange is happening. And Irene's like, you guys should just get married and stop pretending. Yeah. Just like out of nowhere, just like, Come on, you and guys. You're not fooling yeah, anyone. Like, geez, like, come on. Like, haven't, in my opinion, haven't you been through enough? Mm-hmm. Let's stop with the games. Irene's like, I've yeah. had enough of this. S-H-I-T. Yeah. And um, clearly love each other. Just get married already. And she's like, oh, but like knowing them as people, she's like, it would be really strategic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would be a really um, great way to unify the kingdoms or whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever she says. Yeah, I think yeah, that was it. and and Manon's like, I'll think about it. But you can tell she's like, yeah, that sounds that sounds good. But mm-hmm. you know, obviously she's still hurting. So yeah, and like Irene is labeled a hero, which is something she also rejects. Like Nezrin, very like, no, 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 I just did my part. It's fine. But it's like, no, girl, you like took you down killed Erewhon. <laughs> like you, you saved are... the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I absolutely love. When she's saying goodbye to Hafiza, she's like, maybe once I've had the baby and things have settled, I'll open my own Tori Chesme in Rifthold. And like with all the healers from like the Fae healers that were came down, I I think a a lot of them ended up staying. So she's like with the Fae healers, if they're on board, we can open somewhere to train all the new up and coming healers. Yeah. Yeah. So wonderful. It is Mm -hmm. lovely. So then Aelin, so then Rowan is saying to Aelin, like, oh, we'll build you a theater. And she's like, oh, it'll be nothing like the one in Rifthold, right? Because we're poor now. <laughs> we, have, mm-hmm. we won the war, but there's no money. <laughs> like, and he's like, oh, we have money. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he reminds her that, you know, Maeve, like, she was an imposter. So, 
Doranelle is yours. And she's like, oh. And like Doranelle's super rich. So, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, Doranelle is split between um, the white the thorns. Two actual mm-hmm. heirs. So the yes. white thorns. The and white thorns and Aelin. Galathins. The Galathinius line or whatever, Ash River line or. Yeah. So anyway, but whatever, like Doranelle is theirs. Mm-hmm. The, the coffers, like they are flush with money. So he's like, yeah, we will have a theater to rival Riftholds and um, the, library. the library. We do have the money and everything. So it's it's so nice because it's like, oh, like we'll rebuild and like we don't have the money. Who cares? Erewhon is dead. Things are happy now. And then he's like, oh, no, we can have everything. <laughs> we can yeah. have everything. It's so nice. Yeah, It was very nice. And like that one lady who helped them save Adion like they would not have been able to save Adion without the help of like the woman who ran the theater and she's like her one request was like just promise me when you save the world you will bring music to it and so it's like fulfilling that promise that she made and also uh giving a little nod back to how Selena like music was so intrinsic to her Um, Mm -hmm. Because remember how she would, like, she played, was it, oh no, maybe that was Dorian. I'm misremembering something. It was a long time ago. Um, But music was so intrinsic and so important to her character when she was Selena Sardothian, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she used to play the pianoforte all the time. Yeah, and as, like, the books went on, that's something that sort of gets buried because obviously there's a lot, Mm -hmm. like, it's action adventure and everything. But it comes back to that. And I mean, something I've noticed about Sarah's uh, novels, um, art always plays such an important part in the culture. And that is so true, though. Like, art is a large part of a culture. And, like, uh, I think probably signifies that a culture is not in turmoil. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The fact that you can have a thriving art community. Yeah. So last chapter or epilogue almost, because I don't know yeah. if it was even numbered. It just was called, it just said a better world. So in my mind, it was an epilogue. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's a few months later. Lysandra and Adion are getting married. <sighs> oh, those two. I love their relationship. Like they've been through it. But I love mm-hmm. that it wasn't like there was nothing rushed about them getting back to like it seemed pretty realistic in mm-hmm. a way well and they wouldn't even like fully <laughs> commit to each other yeah until after because they would yeah. like have their little makeout session the whole way <laughs> yeah <laughs> and got caught a few times but when it came to actually giving themselves over fully they were like no let's wait so we have something to fight for yeah i thought that was kind of beautiful i was like mm-hmm. it's beautiful but foolish because if you guys don't then I guess that just never happened. But at mm. the same time, it, it would give them something to fight for. They have them them to fight for. What well, Anyway, it's all beautiful. But Aelin ends up conversing with Nehemia's parents because Nehemia, like this this ultimate ending is what Nehemia was fighting for this right from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. she's like wanting to like meet, meet them or like, mm-hmm. and they're like, yes, Nehemia would like that and stuff. So that's nice. I was hoping she would do some sort of a monument to Nehemia. I still like, even though it wasn't mentioned, like I feel like that would eventually happen. And just like we can create our own like extension 
because we don't yeah. get anything beyond like this kind of few months later. So we don't really mm-hmm. know what happens in the actual future. Mm-hmm. So, And the very last line is Aelin is waking up and, and, you know, she goes out into the balcony and I guess it seems like it might be a little bit of a habit of hers to wake up early and go enjoy the morning air by herself on the balcony. Sometimes Rowan joins her, but the sight that greets her at the balcony is a stunning sight. She goes, Rowan, and he's there instantly. And it's because King's flame is covering like everywhere they can see. Mm-hmm. A very, very beautiful visual. But I have to say, I think you were right when you mentioned that it's a little silly that it was put on the cover of the book of yeah. the new editions. I was a, like, that's a away. huge spoiler. Mm-hmm. Because it's like Why supposed to be this super powerful moment, but you know what's coming. Because of so, the cover. Like, yeah. why, could, why couldn't – they could have just put the Lord of the North on the front. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, like cause it's like something super cool, but happens earlier. Yeah, and it's symbolic and, and it's a, a kind of a symbol of hope in a way. Like, oh, this is, you know – but it doesn't give away anything because we all know that the Lord of the North is symbolic anyways. Yeah. Just thinking, like, guys, why'd you do that? Like, mm-hmm. when I saw that new cover, I was like, well, clearly Aelin is successful. <laughs> like – Mm-hmm. And I mean, we all know she like, I just feel like, yeah, she, we all knew that, that she was going to be successful, but I just feel like, like you said, it was a super powerful moment that was revealed to us before even yeah. opening the book. Like, I feel like I would have just had a stronger emotional reaction to that moment if it wasn't so obvious that it was going to end that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was still beautiful. Nonetheless, it was a, a an excellent ending. The ending's mm-hmm. not the problem. No, no, not at all. The ending is perfect. Yeah. yeah. It was just that it's very much it's spoiled like, for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of like when I read that the ending and I closed the book, I went, yep. <laughs> like, yep. That, that's what happened. We yeah. uh, knew. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that it was put in there, but. Yeah. Didn't need, didn't need to be on the cover. Agreed. Speaking mm-hmm. of the ending and kind of not seeing too far in the future, I was hoping that we get like a glimpse five years in the future, what everyone's up to, like a little, mm-hmm. just like one little, maybe like the epilogue would be five years in the future, mm-hmm. but we didn't. However, I have seen lots of fan art mm-hmm. and one I want to mention, and I guess you would call this um, fan fiction where mm-hmm. the fans kind of create an extension of the world. And I don't know if this is fan fiction or if this is maybe, I know sometimes authors will do extra chapters in certain Mm -hmm. editions. So I don't Mm -hmm. know if this is something that is out there officially in canon, but I've seen art of Manon and Dorian having a daughter and Lysandra and Adion having a daughter. And those, I think it's Lysandra and Adion and those daughters dating. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, I think I've also seen some fan art of Rowan and Aelin's kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen fan art of their kids too. I feel like it's usually like a boy and a girl or maybe three kids. But right. it, like, I guess it's all, unless there is a, additional chapters that we don't have access to, I'm assuming mm-hmm. these are just people's hopes yeah. and dreams. <laughs> I believe Sarah Jane Maz hinted that throne of glass may not be finished 
So no, I, that is correct. That she said there's more stories in that universe that she would like to tell, mm-hmm. but didn't say she would. <laughs> It's not also like doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a continuation. It might be like we've been chatting about like maybe May, uh, some stories about Maeve or uh, Borte or, you know, or, or, or all these different like mm-hmm. points of views that we were like, ooh, I'd like to hear more about that. It might be something like that, like a before situation, mm-hmm. which I would love. That would be so cool. I would love a collection of novellas that discuss events that happen within the time frame of throne of glass yeah but other people's perspectives that we didn't get absolutely i agree totally agree um yeah there's there's actually so many cool characters that would be so interesting to hear from Mm -hmm. and even dornell in general Mm -hmm. we did not Mm -hmm. get very much time in dornell like more about somebody from that. that it's area. so funny so you just said that because I was area. I was literally just thinking about you know um, the the pe- people the Fae that helped Alid when she was in- sneaking in Dornell. I was thinking, well, what about mm-hmm. them? Like, it'd be cool to hear their perspectives because they're clearly not cool with what's going on, right? Like, it's like a resistance in Dornell while Maeve is yeah. Like, mm-hmm. That would be a cool uh-huh. story. And then we get all the world building. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then we get all the world building and stuff in Doranel, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like this world could be so huge. Like Mm -hmm. I know it's a very popular series, but I feel like it's also underrated. It is. It totally is. It's overshadowed by Akatar. I feel though that like with the sort of relatively recent virility of Akatar, that Throne of Glass now has the potential to gain that much popularity. I think that the fact that it's not romanticy like Akatar is, like it's epic fantasy, that you might not find the same level of popularity. I think Akatar's easier for people to get into who haven't necessarily tried fantasy before, or the mm-hmm. last fantasy they tried was like when they were younger and it was Harry Potter kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's really like fun to get back into more of an adult fantasy, romanticy. But um, so I don't know if it'll ever achieve that like same level of sort of rand- rabid fandom. <laughs> but uh, I do feel like it is starting to get more popular. I mean, it's already very popular. Like, let's not mm-hmm. get around. But yeah, considering the like I've read um, the only, well, I haven't finished the Crescent City uh, second book. I haven't even started it actually. But just considering, yeah, like all of Sarah's writing, um, the Kingdom of Ash, well, Throne of Glass series as a whole is so impressively done with how the lack of plot holes Everything is explained. Everything is tied up. Uh, Oh, gosh. I can't say enough good things about it. Like, it's just one of the best series I've ever read. And it's complete. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not like you're sitting there waiting for the last book, George. Um, (laughs) 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 But, you know, you're not sitting like you have that extremely satisfying conclusion 
Um, mm-hmm. And you can walk away feeling fulfilled. And like the time that you put into the series, learning about this world, you walk away from it going, yeah, like, wow, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. I am so grateful I started with this series for the mass verse and all her oh, yeah. stories because I feel super satisfied. I agree 100% with everything you said. I absolutely adore this series. But there is like when you finish a series, there's this like hole in your heart of like, mm-hmm. oh no, like because you get so attached to the world and the characters. And at least now I can go on to not the same characters, but if we are correct, <laughs> the same multiverse. <laughs> and I'm yeah. pretty sure that's like, I think it's been confirmed out there now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So same, I mean, even within Kingdom of Ash, I think it was pretty much confirmed right mm-hmm. there. And uh, it absolutely was. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> was. Yeah. So without certainty, yeah. we can stay within this this uh, multiverse and still continue with stories from other characters. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that I have Akatar and Crescent City to kind of look forward to. Going. Yeah. I'm and because they're like, not done. Yeah. Yeah, I'm low-key like, I'm not jealous. I am excited for that you have all of these books ahead of you. Uh, mm-hmm. Anytime someone's like just beginning on their Sarah J. Mass journey and they're like, oh, you know, I just started this. And I'm like, oh, you lucky duck. You've got so much good reading ahead of you. So yeah. much awesomeness ahead of you. Yeah, you see those like uh, different videos where people are like books I would or like I would sell my soul to read these books for the first time again kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is one of those series where it's like to get to experience it for the first time is just really exciting. Yes. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. I'm actually looking forward to my reread of this series, probably embark on that next year sometime. Let it settle. (laughs) There's so many other good books to read, too. But yeah, I don't such a good series like I've read a lot of series in my life and this one I feel was like the cleanest in terms of you weren't like thinking back and going oh that's a plot hole then trying to like not think about it because a plot hole can't be fixed Mm -hmm. but we don't have that in this series yeah anything that maybe wasn't addressed I don't feel like it needed to be I'm not missing Mm -hmm. anything I'm not questioning wasn't intrinsic Oh, the only thing I am questioning, the one and only thing where I'm like, oh, is there is a scene where Ansel sits down next to Manon and is like, we can share the waste. Yeah. And it like that's it. There's just a scene being like, if we both survive this, we can split the lines as they traditionally were split. And I'm like, so did is it I'm assuming they went forward with that plan? I think yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that's a plot hole, though. Uh, I think no, that, no, no, that's... it's not a plot hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was given to think that like Manon would like because they were going to go back. There was something mentioned about how things were done before, mm-hmm. right? And I think, given like now that the witches have essentially gone through this massive transformation to being like bloodthirsty, Manon is going to lead them into, uh a different future, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that being said, why not go back to how things were before they were essentially banished from the wastes, right? I mean, you can't go there with your 
your ways and the reason that you were banished in the first place <laughs> and can expect to be able to continue to live there. They have to go in there differently. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Because she's bringing in a new perspective, things will mm -hmm. turn out differently. I also really liked how Manon mentioned that it's actually not that far away by Wyvern to see Dorian, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, you know, it's going to take me months to get down there. Like, no, I'll just fly like for a day, couple days. Three-day ride? Yeah. So it's, like, super accessible. <laughs> and Yeah. Yeah. And like, oh, we can meet in the ferrying gap for a little. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully eventually, like, a more uh, permanent I was, like, union. wondering how that would work out if they did get married. Like, where would they stay? Would they just go back and forth between? I know. I, I wondered about that, too. Because they're... Like, yes, okay, they get married, but now who's going to preside over each territory? Because mm -hmm. their territories are quite far away from each other. So Yeah. I'm yeah. sure they'll figure it out. Yep. <laughs> Love will find a way. <laughs> Seriously, though. As long as we work together. Yeah. I feel like that's the ultimate message like the of this, ultimate, this story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Work together and it'll all work out. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree with you, though, going back to what you said, that you wish you had gotten that flash forward in time. Um, I, I, I do, too. But I, I also wonder if it's just because we, uh, we don't want it to stop. Yes. <laughs> I think that's exactly why I just want to know more. I just want to keep yeah. reading about these people and characters and... What happens to them forever and always? I mean, they have mm -hmm. thousands of years to live, and I want to read about every second of it. <laughs> yes. But we have to be grateful for what we have and move on to Akatar. <laughs> Woohoo! This is going to be fun. It's oh my gosh. Spicy in here. I have so many theories, and I want to share some fan theories as well when we dive into that. But anyway, let's. I'm not going to get going now because holy cow, it'll extend this episode into territory that is too long. Do you feel that, like, now that we finished the series and we were like, oh, this is for sure, like, adult? How do you feel about that now? Yeah, I definitely feel like I need to amend my previous statements. <laughs> I, when we first started the series, I was coming off of it being like, Harry Potter is the only fantasy series I've ever read. So that right. was my frame of reference. Yeah. Um, so this kind of world is very new to me. Romance books are new to me. Fantasy is new to me. And I was like a little like, oh, I can't believe these are in, in middle school. If, if anyone kind of listened to our earlier episodes. I have to say, now that I've finished the series and now that I've read things like Fourth Wing and Verity and Haunting Adeline. Haunting like, okay, Adeline, mind, yes. I was yeah. out of line. <laughs> so I think that regarding the themes of torture that were in Assassin's Blade, I thought that was pretty shocking. But I was actually giving it some thought a couple days ago about, again, like how we had said like this is for sure adult. You know, when I was in high school, I was reading this book by V.C. Andrews called Flowers in the Attic. Mm -hmm. Have you read that I book? I know it well. Okay. I, I don't know if I've read the whole series. I think I have, actually. But I mean, like, there's incest in there. Yeah, it's like, intense. Um, that is way more, like, R-rated, I feel, than, you know, Throne of Glass. So, mm -hmm. and I was reading that in the high school library, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> I just feel like. Yeah. I a hundred percent think this is appropriate for high school and middle school. I'm still like it, as we kind of mentioned previously, it depends on the child. It depends on Absolutely. the maturity. Um, Would I recommend this yeah. to a bunch of grade eight and nine year old or people who are in grade eight and grade nine? Not necessarily. No, I would not. Not necessarily. But again, like it depends on their maturity because some some kids are really advanced in their maturity and their reading level as well. Um, it's I think it's like regarding um, like the sex and everything. It's very little of it in this book, mm-hmm. in this whole series. It's, very it's mild. not the main focus at all. There's a lot of fade to black scenes. So, uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot because it's not like it happens all the time, but, you know, like quite often where there could be a scene, it's, you know, fade to black. I think it's especially these days with the level of sophistication that young people have that we did not have when we were that age, mm-hmm. probably fine. It might be even kind of tame to them. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I think keep, keeping that in mind I definitely changed my perspective. And I, I think while we were reading it, Empire of Storms was getting a little bit like there was out of all the books, it has the most kind of romantic scenes in it. So mm-hmm. I was expecting that to kind of amp up and mm-hmm. it doesn't. It actually pulls mm-hmm. back. Empire Storms mm-hmm. has the most romantic yeah. elements yeah, it throughout. pulls way back from mm-hmm. from that. And yeah, I yeah, I agree. I, like, I kind of thought, oh, I wonder if it's going to like progress because mm-hmm. there's been other series where oh, I can't even remember which series it is now. Anyways, there's been other series where I've been reading where it's like, it starts out as more of a young adult read, but then as the characters grow older, this, this, this becomes an adult read now. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've always like thought that's a little bit tricky because it makes sense as you're reading the stories as they come out that, you're that age, so it's age appropriate for you, but then you're growing with the characters mm-hmm. um, as the years go on. But then if you look at it as like a young uh, adult or teenager, sorry, I should say, um, in the future, and you're like, oh, I'm going to read this series now. But then you're blasting mm-hmm. through the series, and then all of a sudden it's really adult. Um, but that didn't happen with this series. Like that no. didn't, it didn't, it didn't increase its R rating or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. If anything, I feel like it got more tame, tame. as it went Agreed. on in regards to both the romance and the violence. Yeah, totally. Like it wasn't as um, like there was violence, but it wasn't as gory. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I yeah. feel like the Assassin's Blade and Throne of Glass were the most gory. Yeah, of the books. Yeah, same. And I just kind of thought it would increase. Yeah, but I just thought it would like amp up from there and it didn't mm-hmm. so no it didn't yeah, yeah so, so I, I agree I agree I amend what I previously stated as well <laughs> and that is a healthy thing I think some people are like oh you can't change your mind you 100% can change your mind absolutely it's good to change your mind <laughs> I mean I stand corrected you know we finished the series and we're like it was super epic it was super gut-wrenching it was incredible read but it definitely wasn't like an r-rated thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well I think like with that I think that we're finally done our deep dive into this entire series. And I I think I can speak for both of us when I say kind of sad that it's over. Mm-hmm. Definitely sad that it's over. Yeah. I will miss these yeah. characters a lot. 
Me too. And if you have been sticking with us through our analysis of this series, thank you so much. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our thoughts and we want to thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you so much. And again, if there's something that we didn't mention, because there are so many things we didn't mention in this oh, yeah. video and all the others. So please let us know what you enjoyed most about this series, about specific books, specific characters. We want to know kind of how this story impacted you. So let yes. us know in the comment section. Yeah. Or wherever you can reach us. <laughs> Would love to hear from you. Thanks so much. And bye for now. Bye. Bye.